Well, as I said in first service, I'm glad we have a director of communication who writes up script and has a teleprompter, because otherwise I wouldn't trust what Pastor Bob said about me. It's good to be here with you this morning, and especially Windshape crew. Would you please stand up for us? <clears throat> I don't know if you can see them online, but this is the group that's going to be investing in our kids this week through Windshape. They've given up their summers to, to work and to travel, and especially in all this pandemic stuff. These um, guys we've been praying for, and we are excited that they're here with us this week. As you heard Miranda say earlier today, we still need a couple more volunteers from our church to partner up with these guys, and they're not threatening. So it, it's okay. You might even hear them say, my pleasure, quite a bit. Um, so Come join us this week, but especially if you see these guys in the blue shirts after church, make sure you greet them and thank them for all that they're doing, investing in our kids. So here's the deal. I love to people watch. Okay, I, I just absolutely love it. And one of my favorite things to do is to fly on airplanes, to go in airports, and to sit back and just watch people. I, I hate road trips, okay? I absolutely hate road trips. The thing is, if I took... If I had the choice of making a three-hour road trip or a 24-hour flying trip, I would take the 24-hour flying trip every single time. I love flying, I love airports, and I love people in airports. I think it's so super fascinating to watch them, to see what they do, to see how they act, and, and just to kind of get away from the work and the, the craziness of my town and city, but just to be and to watch others as they're moving about. Wondering where they're going, who they're going to see, what parties they're going to attend, what celebrations, what reunions. It's just super fascinating to me. So about two or three years ago, I was in the Atlanta airport. I had a layover. And so I'm sitting there, and um, I've got my back to the window so you can see all the planes out there. Because I'm about to get on the plane. I don't need to necessarily see them. I want to see everybody in the airport. And if you've ever been to the Atlanta airport, man, it is bustling. It's, it's one of the busiest airports in the world, if not the busiest, and it's super awesome if you love people watching. Super awesome. So here's what ends up happening is I've got my um, audio book in, and I'm listening, but I'm just watching people as they go by, and it's so super fascinating. I see a guy walk by, and I see a lady walk by, and I see the mom who's struggling with the stroller. I see the black guy. I see the white guy, the Indian, the Asian. And I, I start to notice all of this, and I'm, I'm loving watching the people. But then not only do I watch the people and what I see, but now I start to make some assumptions on what they do. You see, there's not many people who walk through an airport in high heels. So when I see someone in high heels, I either think, wow, they're either very brave or they're a steward or stewardess. I see a pilot. He knows where he's going with his um, bag back there. And so it's not only what I, I see, but I also see who they are and what they do. Okay, I see what they do. I see the, the groups like Windshape who have to wear the same matching shirts, the mission strip kids who are going on a mission trip. I, I see all these things and I start to ponder, huh, what's going on here? I also notice the businessman. I think you know what I'm talking about. The businessman who is kind of proud of himself, and so he's got the headphones in, and he wants everybody to know what he's doing. And so even with my noise-canceling headphones in, I could, yep, uh-huh. 
Yep, yeah, no, I know. I wanted that million dollars too. But I told him 2.5 was the lowest that we would take. Yep, uh-huh, yeah. You're, you're kind of like, okay, businessman, I know, I know you're there. I recognize you as a businessman. All of these things start to come to mind, and I notice all of these things. And then here's what dawned on me. Every single person that walked by, I had a label for. Every single person I labeled. One way or the other. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, tall, skinny, Heavy set, mom, dad, kid, grandparent, mission strip worker, pilot. I had a label for everybody. And so here's the deal as I'm sitting there and God's kind of going, hey, Aaron, um, by the way, these are all created people. I created them and you're looking at the wrong thing. And so as I'm sitting there and I'm contemplating this, I'm going, wow. God's having a conversation with me in the, the middle of the Atlanta airport with all this craziness going on. It reminded me of scripture. 1 Samuel 16 is where um, Samuel has to go pick out the, the, king, the next king for Saul's place. And so he's been sent to the family of Jesse to look for the king. And so I'm going to have you stand up. As we read from God's word. Samuel thinks it's one of David's brothers. Because of the appearance. But here's what scripture says. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. God Give us your eyes today so we would see ourselves and others as you do. Amen. You may be seated. So what I began to realize in the airport is there's layers to everyone. So here's what we have, okay? I'm going to write this down so we can follow. Let me just put this disclaimer out there. I am not the best at, um, at prepping prior to because I feel like the Holy Spirit's continuing to move. If you have the notes here, the scriptures are in biblical order, not in sermon order. So follow me. Good luck. Hope you have fun. That's the disclaimer. Okay, so I've got these layers. I've got appearance. That's what I was talking about when I said I saw the skin, I saw the height, I saw everything. And, and I, it was this visual thing and I, I saw the uh, appearance of who people were. And then this other layer, I saw the actions, I saw what they did. I heard the um, businessman talking really loud, bragging about what he does. I, I heard all of these things, but I saw the actions of the people. Here's the third layer. The identity. It's the identity. It's, it's the thing that I, I didn't really recognize. When you take these away, the appearance and the actions, you've got the identity. And what dawned on me, what God said to me was, hey, Aaron, these are souls. Strip away the other two things and, and these are souls. Now, when you describe yourself, how do you describe yourself? If somebody said, hey, tell me a little bit about you. Well, what, what would you say? Nine times out of ten, we would probably say, well, I, you know, 
I'm answering for me, not for you, obviously. But I'm a pastor. I work at Central Community Church. I, this and that. It's all about what we do. Because it's easy for people to see the appearance, so we skip this, and we go straight to actions. We, we tell people not who we are when they say, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. We don't talk about necessarily um, what they might see, because they've already made those assumptions. We think we're talking about identity, but actually we're talking about actions. See, here's the problem. This is the way we see the world. This is the way we see the world. We see it through appearance, and then we notice the actions. And lastly, we think the identity comes from these first two things. But 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, God looks at the heart. What he was telling me that day in the airport is, flip the script. Flip the script, Aaron. You, you've focused on this appearance and this actions, but you've missed out on who they are. You've missed out on souls. So as I took a step back, I realized the people walking by me weren't the labels that I placed on them. They were souls. Each one was a soul going somewhere. Each one was created by God. We were all the same in that, in that I'm sitting here with labels that I'm placing on everybody, but I was looking at the world this way and not this way. And so to figure out who we are and flip the script, we need to talk about identity. We need to talk about identity. And the first thing you need to know that is you need to recognize you're a child. Romans 8 14 through 16 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's interesting to think this because, again, when we flip that script, we've got to start here. So the reality is we need to be led by the Spirit. And if we're led by the Spirit, we are children of God. John, 1 John 3, 1 says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Now we hear that quite a bit, and it's so awesome to think that, that, that we should be called children of God. But there's a next part to that verse that is even more important. It's even more important because it's only half of the story, that first part. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. See, it's one thing to be called something. It's one thing to be called a child. I can call Landon my child, and that's great. But the next step is more important. It's that we are a child. It's not just that we are called that. It's not just that he puts that calling upon us. It's that we are and we can claim that. Hallelujah for that. If you are led by the Spirit, that scripture says, you are a child of God. Now, a lot of times we have this, um, this invitation to accept Jesus at the end of sermons. Bomb, stop what I'm going to do right here, right now. And say, if you are one of those that you don't know if you are led by the Spirit. 
now's the time to decide to be led by the Spirit and to become a child of God. Don't wait for that. There is freedom in knowing that you are not just called a child of God, but you are a child of God. You are. So if you are not led by the Spirit, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, take that first step. And the rest of what we talk about today will just be a victory for you. Here's the thing is, we we have to recognize that we're a child, but then not only that, we need to receive our value. Now here's the thing, I, I brought some money with me. I do have a security team that will be following me after service, so don't come after me. We got a $20 bill, $5 bill, a $1 bill. I even brought a $100 bill that I have to give back to my wife at the end of this. I, I did some research, and what I found out was that um, you, you take these, and guess what? Each one of these is made up of the same paper. It's 75% cotton, 25% linen. There's no difference in the paper. The ink on the back is, is green. Excuse me. It's green. The ink on the front with the faces is black. There's no difference in these if you feel them. It's the same makeup. It's the same size. It's the same everything with ink colors. The difference is two things. The number on them and the image on the bill. That's the only thing that changes the value of our money. Now, the $100 bill is a little bit different. It's got this little strip in here so people can hold it up and see that it's real. It doesn't increase the value of this paper. It just helps it so that it can't be counterfeit. But otherwise, these are the same. But we value them differently because of the image on the bill. Reminds me of Matthew 22, 21, where you've got some group of religious leaders that come to Jesus and they're trying to trap him. And so they say, should we give taxes? Should we pay our taxes? And so Jesus says this. Show me a coin. Whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. So a lot of times we hear this, um, and we hear this from pastors who implore us to give to God. And that's great. That's a part of what we're doing. But I'm reminded in Genesis that says we were made in the image of God. So when he holds out a coin and he says, whose image is on this coin? They say Caesar. And he says, well, give to Caesar what's Caesar. So give that coin to Caesar. That's him. But you give to God what belongs to God. What he's saying is, you were marked with the image of God. You have the image imprinted in your life, and it changes your value. As a child of God, it changes your value. Yeah, we might look the same, but when the image changes on this bill, it changes the value, and when you're imprinted, Impressed with God's image, your value changes. So you need to recognize you're a child. You need to receive the value. But the next thing is you need to release other labels. You see, here's the thing. I'm, I'm thinking about when I'm, uh, I'm 
you know, unloading groceries from my car and everything, I'm taking them in the house. Of course, you're, if you're anything like me, you're trying to get as many bags in one load as you can, as if like two loads to the car is going to make a big deal. But you still like do this whole thing. Well, to take on one more thing, you have to release the load. You have to release the load. And so to receive our value from God, we have to release something. We need to release other labels. Galatians 3, 23 through 28 says, sorry, I'm going to do 26 through 28. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed, your, clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, these are gone. In Christ Jesus, we have to release the labels that we've been carrying that talk about our appearance, that talk about our actions, that talk about maybe our vocation. We have to release those labels and we have to claim this. This is where we talked about you are a child of God, remember? You have value, remember? And when we look at this upside down, instead of what the world wants to show, we can release these so that we can claim these. Now I'm back in the airport, Atlanta, Georgia, watching all these people go by, realizing I have a label for all of them. God kind of knocks me upside the head like he tends to do sometimes when I'm in the wrong. And he says, Varner, listen, I need to talk to you real quick. Of course, I don't hear this um, audibly. But he says, each one of those people that you're labeling, check yourself. You're, you're willing now to try to see souls walking around and, and you're willing to try to do this. And yet in your own life, you're still doing this. You're still hanging on to these labels. You're still hanging on to the, the labels that you have. The I'm insecure. I'm depressed. I'm a pastor. I'm a father. I'm a son. A friend. A lover. A brother. A husband to a smoking hot wife. Woo! She wanted me to do that. I, I'm a follower. I'm a leader. I'm a servant, I'm a fraud, I'm a codependent person. See, all of these things, I put these labels on me and I stopped forgetting who I was. I stopped, I, I stopped remembering the value that I had because I wanted to see people through God's eyes and yet I saw myself through my own. I, I love um, a quote that I think it's Steve Furtick that says this. He's a pastor and he says, Something similar to, we judge our blooper reel to other people's highlight reels. We know what goes on inside of us and we label ourselves and then yet we see their highlights. And so it, it's interesting that we often refuse to look this way. We focus on the world and what they've taught us. So I'm sitting there in the Atlanta airport. And I felt like God gave me some um, words 
And it was just kind of this question, hey, Aaron, what if you didn't see any labels for yourself or for others? What if truly you could see everyone around you as just a soul? What if no labels existed, you didn't even have vocabulary to make up labels, but all you saw were souls? What would that look like? So I turned off my Audible book. I got all my notes on my phone, and I just wrote out my feelings. And, and here's, here's what I wrote. What if labels were not allowed, and all we, soul were, all we saw were souls around? What if there were no words to judge with? If we saw each other as equals, what if? Well, there'd be no white or brown or black, middle class, wealthy, the poor who lack, no LGBT, straight or Q, just soul identities making me like you. No jock, no strong, no nerd, no weak, no winner, no loser, no stutterer or geek, no skinny or fat, short or tall, just shapeless souls defining us all. There'd be no depressed, anxious, addict, druggy. All of us are addicted to the drug called me. Poet, teacher, author, priest, musician, banker, greatest, least. Murderer, abuser, victim, abused. None of these labels could be used. No American, foreigner, left or right. Parties stripped, revealing souls and light. Light that helps us see with label-less lens. No concept of enemies, only friends. What if labels were not allowed and all we saw were souls around? What if there were no words to judge with? If we saw each other as equals, what if? I'll tell you what if. Loved. That would be the new common label. Witnessing a Messiah reclining at a table, breaking bread, sipping on wine, inviting all of us to come find rest and dine, to have our filthy feet washed and dried by the holy hands of the one who died, to set our enslaved souls completely free from the burden of just do it to the freedom to just be. I long to see through my Father's eye, not people or labels, but souls that cry. For each of us together, our new label's the same. Child, forgiven, naked, unashamed. I sat there in the airport and man, I just wept. I wept because I thought, man, if I could just do away with this and see who we've been made in Christ, to see that I am a child of God, to see that, that there are souls around me there's no longer a business person. They're a created soul. There's no longer a pilot. He's a created soul. She's a created soul. There's no longer the person that just came up next to me and talked loud on their phone. That's a created soul. Man, it's amazing when we think of it that way. Souls I saw walk by, souls I saw next to me, souls took my ticket, souls served me food. I recognize that we are all souls. That's the identity. But some of us are led by the Spirit and others aren't currently. So it got me wondering, if I was able to remove 
the labels and saw just souls. What if I fostered souls like we foster kids in real life? You know, maybe they don't call themselves a child of God just yet because they're not led by the Spirit. Similar to a foster kid may be not a, a part of the family just yet, but they are in the house. They're treated like family. They're loved like family. They're provided for like family. They're ready to be accepted as a child. What if we, as the children of God, started seeing souls move to siblings? What if we started fostering souls like we could kids? Man, that would change things drastically. Now, I'm going to have the worship team come up as I wrap this up. And we're going to sing a song here that says, I'm a child of God. It says, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Because this is the fourth and last point. I've talked about recognizing you're a child, receiving that value, releasing other labels. But then when we get to do all that, we rejoice in worship. We rejoice in worship because these are no longer here. We're a part of a family. You, my friends, are a child of God. When you're able to acknowledge that, to reveal the value in you because of that, you are a child of God, and that should change the way we worship. That should help us rejoice in worship. You are not who the world tells you you are. You are not who Facebook tells you you are. You are not who Fox Media, CNN, TikTok, all these other things that I don't understand. You are not who they say you are. You are a child of God. As we sing this song, rejoice in worship and recognize who you are. In God's family, you are a child. Let's sing.